This is Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. Al, almost didn't get my name. Ooh. With me, as always, is Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? At least I can say Desi. Yeah. I did. No well, hesitation. I, you know, it's and a long word. Al is a very long word. Al. You know. It's one syllable. I had to say two. You did. And you my did. cheeks are already a little flush. Yeah. I haven't, I've, I've had three sips of a beer. It's definitely not the alcohol. I just don't know my name sometimes. Are you, are you on something? Uh, you don't know your name sometimes? Sometimes. I'm sorry. That's probably my fault. I'm sure hey! it is. Asshole. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse my language. Yeah, that's that's what I, that's what, you know. Freaking I've had jackass. Many names in my life <laughs> between you and my parents. And, I don't know. call you very many names, a, actually. Uh, and uh, when I was a kid, probably about, oh, 15, 16 years old, one of my friends that I would go over to his house all the time, and his dad just determined my name was Shithead. <laughs> and he would just call me shithead. That's that was it's my like name. Bat Dad Shafid. His little <laughs> my my friend's little brother at the time was probably like six years old, and his parents were totally cool with as he could say shithead as long as he was talking to me. Oh but my gosh, that's hilarious! <laughs> so, which one of your parents were friends with this dad? None. Oh, that's so funny. And None at all. well, then again, we're thinking back in those days and not today's yeah. day because yeah. you know what would happen today you're letting you're calling my kid yeah, this no. and my parents did not like this friend or their family so at all but oh. and i was quasi sort of kind of step related to the family but they were never at any we never were at any family functions together or anything like that so oh funny yeah very interesting <laughs> gotta love family drama yeah i Think I'm first tonight, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. I didn't check, but you know. If not, rock, paper, scissors. No, I'm just going to go first. It's okay. I won. You go. <laughs> okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I'm I win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start out <laughs> with an unsolved mystery. Izzy. Izzy's down here. Okay, what's the unsolved mystery? Well, it's unsolved officially. Unsolved officially. Many people so think So it's like over a hundred years ago type thing? Well... I mean, no, it's not over 100 years ago, but there's been no, nobody's been convicted of the crime. All of a sudden I got hearing in the other ear. That's what happens when the dog jumps off you. (laughs) She jumped off my lap, took the cord with her, knocked the headphone back onto the other ear. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, this story is the story of the Mathis family. Why does that sound familiar? I know this story. Um, 1981, a 30-year-old man by the name of John Mathis lived on a farm just outside of Mount Vernon, South Dakota. Uh, He lived with his 30-year-old wife, LaDonna, and their three children. uh, Okay. Four-year-old Brian, two-year-old Patrick, and nine-month-old Dwayne. I know this story. Maybe you do. In July of 1981, his farm was hit with two house fires the second of which sadly burned the Mathis home to the ground. While the house was being rebuilt, the family lived together inside a metal shed on the property uh, while infant Dwayne stayed at La- with LaDonna's parents. Uh, early in the morning of September 8th, 1981, specifically at 3.54 a.m., John dialed the home of his friend, Doug Kirkus, who at the time was a chief def- deputy of the Dawson County Sheriff's Office, and he claimed that he and his family had been attacked. 
Uh, Kirkus called up for help and drove to the farm. Uh, they arrived at the same time as John's father. Uh, John was sitting inside a machine shed with a gunshot wound to his left arm. And he's right-handed? Sorry. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I'm, I'm an uh, instant detective. Other, other than that gunshot wound, he, you know, physically he was okay other than, you know, having a gunshot wound. Um, sadly, that could not be said for the rest of his family. <gasps> no! Uh, Brian, he killed them all! Brian and what Patrick a rat were bastard. lying dead inside the shack uh, with gunshot wounds in their heads from a twenty two caliber rifle. Uh, the words Mathis sucks were written on the door of the shed in gold paint. Uh, John said he woke up around 2 a.m. because Patrick needed to go to the bathroom. They walked outside to the outhouse. Uh, when they returned, uh, then they had returned to the shed. When John heard the dogs making a bunch of noise, he walked over towards the pig pen and said a car arrived on the property. Uh, got back to the shed, and a man in dark clothing carrying a gun would jump on top of John and fight with him. During the scuffle, the gun went off, pierced John's left arm, causing him to pass out. When John woke up, the attacker had left his family. Attacker had left, and his family was shot dead. No, 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 <clears throat> yep. no. The local sheriff didn't believe the story either. Well, yeah. Why would he leave him alive? After a grand jury investigation, John was charged with three counts of first-degree murder. The charges were later dropped. What? All the evidence was circumstantial, and they couldn't find any physical evidence that he did it. Oh, my gut's like he's lying. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, go back to just before this happened. There were two house fires, one of them that finally burnt the house down. Um, that house fire happened uh, at 2.30 a.m. on July 9th. Uh, LaDonna was awoken by a fire, escaped the house with her three children, to discover that John was already awake outside. See, working. he started the fire. He was trying to. Oh, I would have left after the second fire. I would have even been questioning the first fire. At the hospital where John was sent after the the incident, an unfired twenty two caliber shell was found in his pants pocket. Of course. Yeah. There's plenty of. Oh, whatever. Whatever. John this claimed makes me that mad. he found the shell on the property that night. Mm-hmm. Of Just randomly as he was hiding in the pig pen, yeah. but yet when all these shots were fired, whatever. Yes. Kim, Kim Tatum, a 17 year old neighbor who babysits the Mathis children, testified that John had fondled her on sev- several occasions and told her he wished he had met her before, starting, before he started courting his <gasps> wife. What a pervert. Uh, when Kim's mother was made aware, she told her daughter she was not allowed to babysit anymore. Which of is course. Thing. Uh, Mathis' wristwatch was broken during the alleged struggle with the attacker, but there were no marks on his wrist. So this is one of the things where he was trying to off his family to be with this young girl. That wouldn't surprise me. Well, how many of these cases do we hear of yeah. nowadays? Yep. Um, Two jewelers testified the damage to the watch seemed to indicate it had been hit multiple times, but no damage to his wrist at all, just to the watch. And the time on the broken watch read 3.25, even though Mathis said it was 2 a.m. when the family, step, when the family died. Well, like, how would he know what's going on? <laughs> yep. He's not awake for any of this chaos. Yep. Liar. Uh, the biggest issue with the case was that the murder weapon was never located. An extensive, extensive search was performed every square inch of the property. Uh, in addition, the spray can used to paint the message was never found. 
Uh, it is rumored that Vern Mathis may have helped his son cover up the crime and was eventually returning after disposing of the gun and spray can. Possible. Uh, however, no evidence could be found to implicate Vern either. Uh, bizarre turn of events. Uh, While well, outside on a dinner break during the trial, the jury would find a 22 caliber shell on the sidewalk, which is the same type found in John's pocket. Uh, this seemed to plant the idea that just maybe his story about his son finding a 22 caliber shell on the ground wasn't unbelievable. Um, after deliberating for three days, the jury found John Mathis not guilty on all three counts of murder and acquitted him. Uh, LaDonna's parents believe that he committed these murders, of course. Obviously, um, I do too. They sued because his son Dwayne was with her parents. They sued to try to get custody of uh, Dwayne. Uh, they lost. And John went on to live a quiet life on his farm, raising his son. Oh, <laughs> my is, gosh. You know, a little over 30 years ago. And that's the story. It's, like I said, it's unsolved officially because there's no official, you know, nobody was officially charged with or Unless somebody speaks because they yeah, no, were it, driving by or something. Nothing. For the 30th anniversary of this story, um, a newspaper reached out to his son, Dwayne. And Hoping he did, that he would remember, but if he's he at the he grandparents. Did, he, did an, he did an interview, and you know, all during the interview, he just talked about how much of a loving father his father was before he passed away, and that there is no way, he, he doesn't think there's any possibility. What year was this, 1981? Yeah, 1981. I mean, and how old is the guy now? How old was he when this happened? Like two. Yeah. yeah, how no, would you even know. remember all he, uh, well, all how he was the parents' relationship was, was how he was, he was raised? For is how his dad was during his lifetime that he remembers, of which course. is great. He had a great, you know, great relationship with his dad. Um, and now, I will say, you know, the John didn't benefit at all. There was no life insurance, there, you know, things like that. So there was no It's a teenage girl, I'm telling you. It could be. That's, that's very possible. It wouldn't surprise me. I just thought it was interesting that these people, you know, obviously something happened. It's it kind of cheesy to, you know, write your own last name and then sucks just to make it look like somebody else came in. Do you not remember me telling you about the story of when I drew all over this brand new railing my dad had yes, made. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> and I, even told I wrote, on a podcast once. I, yeah, and I wrote, I hate Desiree on it, mm -hmm. just so my sister would get in trouble, yep. even though she couldn't spell. <laughs> but in my mind, my childish mind, I thought she would get the blame for it, because yeah. why would I write, I hate Desiree on yep. there? And another thing that I found interesting was in interviews with John, you know, before the trial and stuff, he said he didn't have any enemies. Nobody just thinks you suck and spray paints it if you and you don't know who they are. Like right. that happens because of a confrontation or a you know right. something like that. So right. I'm pretty sure he did it, but pretty sure he did too. He went on to live the rest of his life. Um, passed away a few years ago. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. That's my yeah. first story. That's a little bit of a sad story. I mean, interesting, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, but also sad at the same time. So, my first story, we all have heard of Johnny Appleseed, right? Of course. Of course we have. So, uh, he was actually real. Really? Yeah. I didn't know if you knew that or I not. Didn't, I didn't. Uh, no. Yeah. So, he his real name was actually Jonathan Chapman. Okay, Jonathan so, Chapman. 
He was born in Massachusetts, okay. September 26th of 17, I almost did it again, 19, <laughs> And Chapman earned born his... Born the same year as the country. Or 1775. Okay, born a year before the country. I read it wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, he earned his nickname because he planted small orchards and individual apple trees, as we had learned in the stories. Mm-hmm. Um. During his travels, as he walked across 100,000 square miles of Midwestern wilderness and prairie, uh, he wow. was a genuine and dedicated professional. He was a genuine and dedicated professional nurseryman. Um, in 1801, Chapman had transported 16 bushels of apple seeds from western Pennsylvania down to the Ohio River, and he acquired more than a a thousand acres of farmland on which he developed apple orchards and nurseries um but he didn't just stay there um his work resembled that of a missionary more or less is what it comes down to so he was just trying to get to the people um each year he traveled hundreds of miles on foot wearing a coffee sack with holes kind of what we hear in the fairy tales makes it sound not so real and of course cooking pot that he put on his head because as you're traveling it's just easier to kind of walk without having to carry no backpack or anything like that so um so he wore it like a cap um and about 1830 he acquired land in fort wayne indiana and he had planted a nursery that produced thousands of seedling apple trees at, that he sold, traded, planted everywhere. So he, this is what actually made him legendary was the work he had done in Indiana. Okay. So, but Fort Wayne, they still actually celebrate his life of ja- Johnny Appleseed with the festival uh, every September. So cool. So just Johnny Appleseed Festival. It's so fun. he actually wasn't just not just a, a, a fictional character. No, that's cool. Not at all. I I didn't realize he was a real person. I, I, I didn't either. I've definitely never heard of him being a real a real boy. <laughs> <laughs> he was a real boy. <laughs> he wasn't Pinocchio. No. Okay. His nose did not grow. But his apple trees did. His apple trees did. <laughs> that's cool. Kind of. A very nice, heartwarming story from history that turned into a story that... Well, when I saw it, I'm like, no everywhere. way. No. No. Cool. Wow. Yep. That was cool. It's always cool. Why, why can't I hear again? I don't know. I can't. I think it... Yep. Okay. Nope. Yep. Yep. Just in one year again. Izzy. Sorry. Izzy, I need the dog again. She'll knock the wire back into place. <laughs> My next story is about some stories. About stories. Yeah. Like nursery rhyme stories? No, not nursery rhyme Baby stories. Baby stories. But um, 1895, um, the New York Public Library was founded. Okay. So the uh, for the... 125th anniversary coming up okay. this year. Uh, they did some research and decided to put up a, put out a list of their 10 most checked out books. Like ever all time? Ever all time with the amount of times they've been checked out. 
The Webster Dictionary. Just kidding. Yeah. That's a, a reference book or whatever it's yeah. called, and you can't yeah. check that out. I found these. I mean, the books are interesting. I know. I know of almost all of I them. I bet Mark Twain's in there. Well, we're gonna go through them. I know, and I'm guessing. I'm guessing okay. my predictions. Okay. There's gonna be a Mark Twain in there because he's been around for like mm-hmm. freaking ever. Um, it's probably gonna be uh uh Huckleberry Finn. Okay. Or whatever, something like that. Okay. And then Mark Twain wrote that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> there's got to be some female. Who was the female with the Ghost Raider as a male? I don't know. <sighs> there's got to be some sort of a poet, like Wit. Okay. And Judy Bloom, even okay. though, you know, whatever. <gasps> Dr. Seuss! Okay. okay, keep going. All right. I'm going to start at number one. That's where the article starts. So we're going to go okay. least popular as we go down the list. And then I'm going to scream, I win what if I get one. Astounds me. This is a New York public library. The number one most checked out book of all time. New York Times? Is The Snowy Day. It's a children's book from, the, from 1962. It has been checked out only 485,000 times. That seems low to me for the New York public library's most checked out book. Okay. I just, just, for some reason, that feels snowy day. day. By who? Cover looks like Ezra Jack. Who? Uh, Ezra Jack Keats. Okay. So that's number one. Okay. Number two is uh, number two is the shit. Number (laughs) number two, (laughs) it's on your list with four hundred sixty-nine thousand checkouts. The cat in the hat. Dr. Seuss. I almost forgot Dr. Seuss, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm shocked that wasn't number one. Yeah. Me too, me too. Uh, the next book, um, a book I loved when I read it in high school, George Orwell's 1984. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, the alien thingy. Yep. Um, that, no, 1984, that was, uh, that was um, 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 War of the Worlds. 84 was about... Uh, the government, like... With the pigs and the farm? whole life, yeah. What was the name of the farm? I don't remember. Animal Farm. Yeah. That should have been that simple. Um, Why was I thinking more of the worlds? I don't know. Same person writes it. I think so. Okay. Uh, number four, one of my favorite children's books, Where the Wild Things Are. Oh, yeah. I I've heard enough that of that. Book. It's a little creepy. I love that book. It scares me. Uh, number five, To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Who wrote that? Harper Lee. Okay. And number six. Here's another one I know you know. Charlotte's Web. <gasps> Duh! Why didn't I think of that? I thought that was kind of cool. How Charlotte's did I not Web. even guess that? I don't know. It's... Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> Uh, another book I've heard a lot about, I've never read it, don't really know anything about it, but Fahrenheit 451. That sounds familiar. Is Ray that about an airplane or something? No. It's a Ray Bradbury, like... Dogs? Sled dogs? No. I don't huh. remember, but definitely not sled dogs. Okay. Uh, number eight, this reminded me of my mom, because she took a course that this guy designed, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Never heard of it. Really? Really. Oh, wow. I mean, you only heard the, of it because your mom. I hear about it all the time. No, I'm in a sales organization. This is a big deal book in sales. 
Okay, apparently I need to read it. Uh, and number 10. With only 189,000 checkouts. It better be a Mark oh, Twain book. That's not number 10. I'm on number 9. Number <laughs> 9. With 231,000 checkouts, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Damn it! And number 10. I like this book too. The Very Hungry Caterpillar. <gasps> the first time we took Ian camping, both Ava and Ian were scared. And they used to watch that. Yep. And I remember saying, because the Hungry Caterpillar on the uh, video, mm-hmm. they had a different story about the only cricket or something. I don't remember the name of it, but it was like back to back and it went together Okay. on the video. I don't know if the book's like that, mm-hmm. but it was about how the cricket the lonely cricket would like rub its legs together and i said you know on the that how it the cricket plays that song mm-hmm. and they were like yeah i'm like but that's a cricket and they went right to bed <laughs> yep. right to bed and i'm like wow yeah so that was cool just a little list of, of the top checkouts at the new york public library you know i, I only got one before when i read the headline i was thinking very much along the same lines as you um, and then once you got into it, you realize, okay, children check out a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. You know, so older, Didn't even very think popular of that. children's books are going to be very high on that. And books like Harry Potter. Because adults buy books. They books don't... like Harry Potter, they're like, people will check it out over and over and over again and read it. I know people who have read Harry Potter like 25 times. Like, If it wasn't for audiobook, I wouldn't have known what half the books say on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. I prefer audiobooks as well. I don't read. I mean, I read for my job, so I listen while I read for my job. So, yeah. Yeah. And if I didn't have to read for my job, I wouldn't read. (laughs) Just saying. It's not my favorite. You read for the show every week. Crap. You're not proving my point. You just totally misproved it. Yep. Does that mean we're wrong? No. (laughs) (laughs) But you're a dead man afterwards. Okay. Just so you all know, this is our last episode. (laughs) Make sure I edit this before you kill me. Why? I edit it and upload it. I don't know. So I get the life insurance and... You're not going to get it if I I upload something saying you're going to kill me. (laughs) Oh my God. So my next story, though, is actually about a runaway. A runaway? Yeah. Okay. Um, Tortoise. A runaway tortoise. <laughs> so running real fast. Ran real fast. Um, it was a 150-pound tortoise named Solomon. Okay. So Here's he decided he had had enough of his humdrum life in <laughs> Ashley City, Tennessee, and he took off on a not-so-whirlwind adventure. Okay. So 74 days later. Holy cow. 74 or days later, turtle. and they were actually looking for this 150-year-old turtle. Oh, yeah. Or pound. Sorry, did I say year? 150-pound tortoise. Yeah. Tortoise. Sorry. Um, he's only 15 years old. <laughs> but 150 pounds. Hard not to miss. Yeah, it's hard to miss. I'm just sneaking around and running around the corner. 74 days later, about an eighth of a mile away from his house. <laughs> Made it far. <laughs> he was found on a construction site. Holy cow. So, um, and the construction site, they knew about the turtle because 
the owners had made a lot of effort to try to, to try find to track this. it down. Yeah, I mean, one hundred and fifty well, pounds. Yeah, you don't want to lose your. You know, you have a turtle. Turtles are or tortoise. Big deal. You don't something that big. It's like, yeah, I'm sure somebody's seen it somewhere. How does it go seventy four days without being seen? Who the hell knows? Like, that's insane. Like, like they're not very fast moving, especially when they're no, that big. Not at all. Like. So, but they're apparently looking into a tracking device now because 74 days. That's insane. It is insane. That's way so too long. It's like a super short story, but I read it and I went 74 days, 150 pounds. That's just insane. How do you not see this? And if they were like seriously looking for this tortoise, well, you said an eighth of a mile away from its home. Like, I mean, that makes sense because no, it makes sense. They it's don't only an eighth move mile away. very fast. Literally, at, if you are one person, you could have walked every square inch of that area in a couple of days. <laughs> it could have been hiding in a backyard where somebody wasn't maybe, home for a week or two. Maybe it had an accomplice that helped him. One hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> I'm sorry, I would notice somebody carrying that big of a turtle. Tortoise. Maybe it wasn't a person. Maybe he had, uh, he had a horse's help and the horse would hide him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a St. Bernard bringing him back down from the Alps. Oh, <laughs> maybe. You yeah, no, no, no. Never but stranger know. things have happened. But I had to bring it because I, I was just like, <laughs> 74 days? Shut up. So, yep. Funny, funny, funny. Um, my last story is going to be a pretty quick one. Um, I just thought it was kind of My last one was quick. You can't. Yeah, well, I'm going to. Whatever. Whatever. Um, I found this story about this guy. He works at a radio station in Cleveland. Ohio. Um, he, has a, he also works. He, he works from uh, 3.30 a.m. to noon on the radio. And like... You said Cleveland, not Cincinnati. Yeah, Never mind. Cleveland. Never mind. Um, and then he goes and drives her Uber from noon to six. It still goes driver. with the Cincinnati theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name is Elwin Edwards. And the reason he's interesting, he's being an Uber driver, he gets to tell a pretty funny story anytime anybody asks about his history or who he is. He's in his 60s. Okay. He is a voice behind You've Got Mail. Shut the up! AOL you got mail guy. Shut up. He at the time of AOL's founding, um, the CEO of AOL was looking for a a voice, and his wife happened to work for the company that turns into AOL eventually, and she offered up her husband as you know he could do the voice. Got paid two hundred dollars. Do you imagine <laughs> if I would have offered you up? <laughs> Funny. What offered me up? To be the voice. That would be cool. I, I do think it's a little sad that this iconic You've Got Mail, and you got $200 for it. That's it. You'd think the guy would be on a private island. Did he somewhere. have to register his voice? Um, I don't know. I'm not positive. Being he's already a broadcaster, I'm not sure. He was working in radio at the time, so I'm not sure. But he did You Got Mail. He also did um, uh, Files Done. And goodbye. Oh my God. For AOL. That's hilarious. Yeah, 1989 paid $200. Does anybody even use AOL, AOL anymore? Yes, uh, there mean, are brokers. There are, there are people who still use their AOL email addresses. I can't imagine anybody uses dial-up, but I bet there's still people who do use AOL dial-up. 
Not everybody um, has fast internet. Well, I know, but AOL's big scheme was they had millions of people on dial-up who weren't even using it because they'd sign up once and you just forget about it. Oh, you this know? is so true. I, I bet there's people paying for it still to this <gasps> day. Oh, my God, there probably is. I'm sure of it. Oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Genius. It's just like those subscriber things like, first 30 months are free. Yeah. I don't do that. I, I do don't do time. that. No. We all no. know this. We all know this. I do it too much. Not lately, but I used to do it. That's why I always question you. So what's this? What's this? Yep. What's this? I see this was withdrawn from our bank account. What is this? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it a couple times, but I don't do it anymore because I have done it a couple times and I'm like, nope, never again. Yeah. Ever. Ever. So my last story. I'm actually kind of excited about this because I think we should do this. Okay. I know another couple that we know that would be excited. You might know some people who might be excited to do something like this. Okay. So, um, Atlas, I can't even finish the name of that, but they have started like online activities. Okay. So there's Dino 101 for $10 per device online experience. One okay. hours, Queens, New York. Um, so what they do is they attention dinosaur nerds and science dance. Like they join Dustin Growick, host of the YouTube channel, The Dinosaur Show. Okay. And a leader of Atlas Obscuras. I'm probably saying that wrong. Obscuras. It's the website, but um, Dinos and Duns in the Colorado Desert Trip with Christina Gustavich, a middle school teacher, geologist, improver, museum, Megastan, uh, I said that wrong, for an interactive adults-only dinosaur party. Adults-only so dinosaur party. It's a Zoom party. thing. That so sounds cool. Since um, participating for the safety of the homes... Drinking and drawing and learning a very encouraged. Um, learning is very encouraged. Okay. Grab your favorite pens and or colored pencils, which I would do the colored pencils because you just need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, because the very first thing that you do is the intro of the dino of the day. And at the end of the adventure, we'll zoom around the room viewing your tipsy paleo art masterpieces. <laughs> um, next, it's time for everyone's favorite game, Dino or Not a Dino. So that kind of has, I mean, some of this has me interested. Yeah. In which you'll put a dinosaur knowledge and bullshit detector to the test. We'll then mix a mini scavenger hunt from some interactive and irrelevant paleontology trivia. Um, like, for example, did T-Rex have feathers? Which Jurassic Park movie was the worst? <laughs> Anything after the first one. Um, how big was the, the Bronchiosaurus member? Three bustlings high. See, I would win this yeah. thing. Um but I just thought it was kind of interesting because I haven't seen something like that. that I love cool. this kind of stuff. Like, and then you do this with, and it's only ten bucks. Yeah, I mean, they it have sounds a like limit a fun, a fun little activity for you know for an evening for adults. I think it's cool as for adults. Yes, like that's cool. Something that they can actually do. Like somewhere in there, um, 
I mean, you have to be on Zoom. Yeah. But somewhere in there, I saw something about like drinking for stuff you get wrong and whatever. Yeah. So it's a drinking. They have drinking games and all that fun stuff. So it's clearly for adults. Clearly. First, I saw it and I was like, "Ooh, this would be fun for a family." And then I started reading. I'm like, nope. "Oh hell no!" <laughs> so, um, but it's one of their new online experiences that they started doing and i just thought it was kind of cool and i wanted to bring it here because there's a few other things that they have to Mm -hmm. offer um the first one i actually came across i thought of you right away because it had to do with magic oh magic but i was like this is way more interesting Mm -hmm. i am more into dinosaurs you're into dinosaurs i think that's really cool and really like that's one of the things that i think will come out that's one of the newer things that'll come out of this whole you know COVID experience is things the like Zoom and, stuff things like, that you can do from your home with other people and you could do it all before this all happened but people weren't as aware, as aware of or it because you didn't have to do it well when you had to, to do touch it technology and you realize how easy some of this really is some of it's not some of it is very complicated and ends up even the easy stuff can sometimes up. be a little complicated because the Zoom stuff I'm sorry how many places can you put a Zoom link meeting? Yeah. In Schoolology. Yeah. Should be one. Should be, but they're everywhere. No, they're everywhere. Yeah. It's frustrating. I agree. I agree. So, but yeah, I thought that w- that looked interesting. I think we should do it. I think and that'd be fun. And then when we do that, I think we should bring it back to the show and be like, worth it. Yeah. Or a thumbs well, down. Yeah. Whether it was worth it or not. Cool. Yep. If, uh, if you have a chance to do something like that or want to leave us a message on anything, you can always send us an <gasps> yes! email. If you did the dino thing, let us know yes. if it was even worth it. Because if it wasn't, I want to know before I waste $10. Yeah. Send, I hate spending money. Send us an email to outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. It wasn't that funny, Alan. It's the truth. Otherwise, you can come on to our Facebook page at Outlandish Homecast Podcast. I can't even say it. Uh, like our page. Definitely share to the rest of your friends and make them join us because we are amazing. At of least course. I am. I'm of funny. Course. We're also on Twitter at Outlandish Casts, the Outcast. Our little Outlandish Outcasts social media yes. page um otherwise come to instagram at outlandish outcast and definitely follow us there and love us <laughs> yeah and uh, leave us a review or a rating in whatever application you're listening to this podcast on speaking sure. of pop- podcast applications by tomorrow we should be available on the brand new amazon music podcast store what yeah. <gasps> i love amazon <laughs> so amazon i Island hate shopping podcasts. but that's my favorite place to shop because you know what I don't have to leave home. Amazon finally added podcasts, and I registered for our spot today. Yes. Anyway, I think I think other than that, I think it's a, a, a week. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.